You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Uh, we're in our series called Mastered, and it's a three-week sermon series that I get to, uh, to share with you guys. Um, last week, we talked about the most important thing about you is how you view God. It dictates how you, uh, how you view things in your life. It dictates how you treat others. It dictates how you treat yourself. And so last week, we talked about a God who provides. And do we believe that our God is enough, that he is going to provide enough of what you and I think we need, that he is enough? Today, I want to talk to you guys about ownership. I struggled with this message. As you notice on your bulletins, if you're a life group leader, you're like, where are my questions? Where are the questions on the bulletins? I was not prepared enough, had a... You know, it's difficult to, to write a sermon when you're a jerk to your wife. It's like, ah, that just, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And so I wasn't ready to get that taken care of on uh, Thursday. So you don't have any notes, but we're going to go old school on this. And you're going to have to be a life group leader who thinks of your own questions. We used to have to do that. It was really tough. And so if you're a life group leader, congratulations. This week, you get to design the questions. And if you don't like them, then it's, no, uh, then that's on you. But I was wrestling with this message about like, okay, what does this look like? What does ownership, what does godly ownership look like? If we believe there is a God who provides and then he's going to provide, he's been providing since the beginning of time, he's going to provide till the end of time, whether we judge, whether we give him an eight, nine, 10, seven, six, five, four on how he provided for us, he is a God who provides and that is undeniable. And so what do we do when he provides? Whose is it? Whose is it when he provides? Ownership is a value that we hold highly here at Real Life on the Palouse. Here's what it says. If you were to come to our Connect class or you wanted to get connected at Real Life, here's something we would talk about. It says ownership. We want everyone at Real Life to feel like they have a stake in what we are trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God on the Palouse. Ownership conveys a sense of responsibility. It's the first in, the last out mentality. And people tend to fix and care for things that they own. As we go into our text today, it's interesting as, as you're reading through your Bible. So we're going to be in Matthew 20 today. And this is going to be uh, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. But do you know, like when your Bible, when they, when they uh, created the text, it didn't have breaks in it. Like the titles that are in there are not put in by the apostles, the titles, the verse breaks in there. Uh, it was just kind of a, there was a, sometimes a flow of thought is kind of messed up by how we did it. But we wanted to make sure that you could be like, hey, today we're in Matthew 20, verse 1 through 16. Not like, today we're in the New Testament. And you're like, okay, well, where are we going in that? And so it's interesting that this, on this, where this uh, parable breaks. But before this parable, uh, Jesus is talking about the, the rich and the kingdom of God and how it's harder for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle uh, you know, uh, to, than to enter heaven. And so like this idea of, of this person comes and he's very frustrated because he's like, how do I get into this kingdom of heaven? And the guy said, you know, well, you need to follow all the, these 10 commandments. And so he's like, yeah, I do those. I'm like, cool, all right. Okay, well, why don't you just go ahead and go back and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And what does it say? The rich man left sad because he had many things. Who had many things? The rich man? Those were all his? 
And then at the very end of it, it, it's, it ends that parable with the, the same way that it ends the parable we're going to study today. So join me in Matthew 20, verse 1 through 16. And this is the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Okay. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, so they started maybe at like six, at sunup, right? Three hours later, there's still people that are looking for work, and he still needs more workers. So about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. Well, so they went. And he went out again about noon, and then about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. So now we're getting into like a half day, into a quarter day. And about five, we just got a little bit of sunlight left. Uh, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Well, because no one has hired us. They answered, he said, well, you also go and work in my vineyard. When the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius, a day's wages for a whole hour of work. So when those uh, came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Some cheap landowner. He's paying other people what he promised to pay me. These who were hired last worked only an hour. They said, and, or they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. We worked all day long and it was hot. I put in 12 hours and I got the same thing as the guy who put in one. But he answered, answered one of them, Am I not being unfair to you, friend? Didn't you agree to work for a day's wages for a denarius? Take your pay, go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want to do with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. I remember working, uh, starting work at a company, and I started work at this company in August. And uh, I had put in a whole hard uh, two months, and they decided, the company decided they were going to give Christmas bonuses. And I was expecting nothing, because you know why? I had been there for two months. And come to find out, this company uh, gave uh, Christmas bonuses, and they just gave it as a bonus, and they gave it to everybody. And it was, I got the same thing as the guy who had, start, who had been working there for, t- for 10 years. I thought it was pretty fair. Didn't, don't you guys think that's pretty fair? <laughs> so it depends on which side of the coin that you're on when you get to bring your idea of what, what's fair and what is right is in there. Do you want to be treated fairly and justly? Then how would you treat others fairly and justly? See, the last place, last place on earth does not mean that that's last place 
in the kingdom of God. The last place on earth does not mean last place in the kingdom of God. See, you didn't get what you deserved. You and I didn't get what we deserved. If we call ourselves uh, Christians and we believe that maybe we have sinned and the wages of sin is death and we're still all here right now. And so maybe we didn't get what we deserve. Maybe God, who, the same God who provides is the same God who understands what we need and who can handle what and what they can do with it and how they're going to steward it and how they're going to view ownership. See, ownership gets messy when we think it's our stuff and not, it's not God's stuff. All we're doing right now is we're stewarding what God had given us. He gave us this really cool building. He's given us the ability to, to throw a big trunk or treat out there and meet people and hand out candy bars and have, you know how many conversations I have on trunk or treat as the, as the senior pastor in my whatever goofy costume I have to wear? And I get to walk around with like usually a big garbage lid of full-size candy bars and I go in the line and they're stuck there for like three hours because their kids want all this candy and those kids are going to be dragging their bags of candy out of there and parents are going to be going, what's going on? And I get to go there and I get to walk around and I get to hand out full-size candy bars to the adults. And I get to to have conversations with people. See, we're intentional with why we do that event. Do I love Halloween? Who knows that? No, I don't love Halloween. It is, I used to hide in the basement with my kids and turn off the lights and like hang out. And we were like, my kids think it's, they're like, dad, what's happened to you? I see you dressed up. We've never seen you dressed up in your entire life. We never got to celebrate Halloween. Why'd you take that from us? <laughs> but we do it with intentionality to be good stewards of what God has given us. And God has given us a really goofy holiday where people dress up in goofy costumes, but we yet get to go out and engage people if we dress up in our goofy costumes. So we see it as an opportunity to engage the world. We're not celebrating what the world thinks Halloween should celebrate. Is it getting just more and more cleaner and less grotesque every year? But no, to have a place where we can engage with folks and talk to them about who Jesus is and reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. And hopefully, maybe some of you that are in here today came because you saw this crazy church doing this crazy Halloween thing. Ownership gets messy when we give ourselves the credit for the things of God. Amen? Ownership gets messy when we give ourselves the credit for the things of God. Yo, look what I did. I've done nothing but not screw this up so far. Right? That's that's the goal. Like, I'm stewarding this the best that I can. Ownership gets messy when we decide what is fair instead of trusting in God's righteousness. Now, when ownership is in its proper perspective, it's very freeing. I always learn this lesson. I try and be very free with the stuff that God has lent for me to use, whether it be my truck, whether it's a tractor, whether it's a boat, whether it's whatever, like, here you go. Hey, if somebody's in need, what should you do? Pray for them? Or you actually like, could provide the need. My God, don't mess up God's truck. God, can you please take care of your truck? And it changes your perspective when you look at what God, who owns it. When you move yourself out of the position of being God of your possessions and you put yourself in the position of that it's all God's and that you're just a steward and it's just a flow out of your hands to bless God's people, your life is different. There's a freedom 
and that. Have you ever seen people just working so hard to maintain all their stuff? They just got to, they got to hug it. They got to, they're always like looking for who's going to take from them. They're just like, what's going on? Like, they're so busy. What a miserable way to live your life. Steward it well with open hands. Trust that God's going to provide for you and for others. And he may provide, provide something for you that he also provided for somebody else as it goes through your hands. So I want to read this story one more time, but I want to read it with a different perspective. And maybe you guys can think of some of these questions for your life group today. Who are you in this story right now? There's, there's some different folks in this story. There's the landowner. I know there's some business owners in here. And they're very successful business owners and they're working hard. And so maybe you're the landowner right now. You probably always haven't been the landowner. You probably had a job. You probably worked for somebody else. You probably understood what it was like to work for a good boss and, and to not work for a good boss. But maybe sitting in here today, you're the landowner. What's your role? as the landowner. Are you a landowner who's earned the right to be generous to the people, of, uh, people God has given you to, uh, in your care that work for you? Are you the person who shows up early and stays late? Are you the first in and last out? Are you the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son? Where you've been faithful, you've been loyal, you've been here, you've stayed around, and you've been, you've been early and you stay late and you're here all the time and you're doing that. Is that who you are? Is that what, how you're stewarding your time? Is that how you're stewarding what God has given you? Are you the person who is in need looking for work? Well, I'm so glad you're here. We have opportunities for you to be engaged and be involved, and the rewards are fantastic. It's better than a day's wages. The rewards of serving the kingdom of God. Seeing people's lives completely change and transform because you invested. You took the time. You brought them to Restoration Night. You, you heard the testimony and you shared that with someone else. You shared your story. You were vulnerable with what God had given you. And maybe today you're the person who came in last. You are the five o'clocker. And the Lord has tremendous blessings for you. He's going to give you tremendous ownership in some of the things that he has for you, even though you showed up late. And maybe you're showing up late in your faith walk, in your Christian faith walk. Maybe you've known about Jesus and who he is, and you've been a real fan of Jesus and you like him. But you're not yet following him. What is required of you as an owner of the faith? So let's read it one more time and let the Holy Spirit fall upon us here on what exactly is your role right now. Who are you in this parable? For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. Are you looking for partners? Not economically. Are you looking for partners in the economy of God and the kingdom of God? Who is that? Is that not much more important than whatever employee thing you're trying to do? Who is that? He agreed to pay them a denarius for a day for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Do you know that you guys are in the vineyard of God? 
You are all in the kingdom of God. He created this earth. He provided these things. Are your eyes not amazed at what he continues to do? And are your eyes not crushed when you see what sometimes our brothers and sisters are doing to it and to each other? But he created the vineyard. He's like, hey, you're going to work in the vineyard and you get a chance to steward this. You get a chance to own this the way that, that, that I would love for you to own this. That you get to receive the benefits for something that I've created is what he says, he shows us. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. How many of us are doing nothing? Well, you're doing something, but it feels like nothing. And maybe that's in your faith. Most of you in here are hardworking people. You're working hard. God's providing. God's doing it. Like we live in America, we kind of already won the lottery. You're not wondering probably what, what you're going, or if you're going to eat today, you're probably wondering what you are going to have today. So we are in the land of, of plenty. What are we doing? Are we doing nothing? Are we engaged? He told them, you also go out and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. What kind of faith is that? I'll, whatever is right. Hey, whatever, whatever is right, I'll take care of you. Is that how you walk out your life with God? God, whatever is right, you got me. Does God love you more because he gave you more than somebody else? No, it's whatever is right. Do you trust God to know whatever is right? He went out again about noon and then about three in the afternoon and he did the same thing. This seems like this landowner, if it's God in the story, which makes sense, he seems pretty persistent, doesn't he? It's almost like he was hanging on a cross and there was two thieves with him and one of them at the very last second on their dying breath said, you know, help me. And he's like, hey, today you'll be with me in paradise. Like he doesn't give up on you. It doesn't matter how many years you've ran from him. It doesn't matter how bad you've stewarded things. It doesn't matter how poor your ownership of stuff is. He cares about you and he is still seeking you. And about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around and he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? You're on the team. Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyards. Who are you in this story? Who are you in the parable? Are you living in the land of plenty and you've recognized that your God has provided when you had nothing and he's provided when he's given you everything and now your job is just to dish it out to the world as he tells you? And you look really blessed and people are jealous of you sometimes? but you're just a steward. You're just letting it flow out of your life in all areas of your life, not just with your finances, not with just the stuff, not with just your time, but you're trying to look like this God. Does this God look generous to you? He looks so generous to me. Man, I want to be like him. All right, next. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the, workers, uh, call, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired, and go on to the first. Who's the foreman? That's what I want to know. Who's the foreman in this story? 
Who would be responsible for paying our wages and our debts? Oh. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came up and they rec- received a denarius. They are the cross, they are the thief on the cross. They're in. Well, I don't think that's fair. I've been a Christian my whole life. I've been trying to live the best life I could. I've read the Bible far more times than they have. And I've got all these things. And I just, I don't know if I like that fairness. I'm not sure about the righteousness of God. You just put yourself in a judgment seat. Isn't there something about saying, putting yourself in a judgment seat in the Bible that kind of would make you like not want to be that person putting yourself in the judgment seat? Uh, So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. I don't have what Kim has. Just got what God wanted me to have. Uh, Obviously, it's not everything that I ever needed or wanted or thought I should have or be given. Isn't there something about envy? I thought in Exodus, I was reading in Exodus about a commandment that says you aren't to covet what somebody else has. You know who covets a lot? People who don't understand ownership. People who don't understand the provision and that God is a God who provides. They covet a lot because they think that God is holding out on them. And I promise you that God is not holding out on you. He's got a life that's beyond what you could ever think or ask. He just wants to give it to you, and it's so hard to give it to you. When your hands are clenched and your, your mind is closed, you don't, and you allow certain things in that aren't of him, and you don't allow him very often in. These who were hired last worked only an hour, they said, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work of the heat of the day. It's an interesting take on this. One of the people in our sermon club talked about that this is an idea about the Jews who bore the burden of the law. And you darn Christians, all you have to do is is just bear the burden of grace. You want to keep the law? You want to bear the burden of grace. You want to keep the law? You want to bear the burden of grace. Interesting. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for Denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I gave to you. Isn't that interesting? A God who provides and a God who gets to choose to give whatever he wants to give, however he wants to give it, and give it generously. Who wants to be that person? Who wants to be a generous giver? Who wants to be a great owner of what God has given you? A great steward, and you're just like, man, look at the stuff God has, and it's just flowing. It's flowing, and you don't worry about whether you have enough because you trust that God is God who provides. And so you walk with an open hand. Don't I have the right to do what I want to do with my own money? Doesn't God have the right to do what he wants to do with his creation? Aren't we part of his creation? Are you envious because I am a generous? We have a generous God. Is anybody envious of a generous God? You know how blessed this country seems to be? Like, if you take the big picture and the history of, of the last couple hundred years, 
like, there's a lot of work that people do here that has to do with ownership and stewardship and having your hands open and taking care of things around the world. You know, when you talk about billions of dollars going somewhere and humanitarian aid and doing those type of things, yes, we're all paying for it and maybe we do or don't agree with it, we should or shouldn't, but like our country continues, needs to continue to learn how to be generous with the right heart. And how generous are we? So, the last will be first and the first will be last. In the kingdom of God, last place on earth and last place with your resources and last place with the things you think you should have had or not gotten is not last place in his kingdom. He is pursuing each and every one of you exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you need. He knows the prayers that you're thinking. He knows your heart and he sees you. He saw you so much that he chose to give you something really special. He chose to sacrifice his one and only son. And we get the privilege of coming to communion every week. And it's almost like it gets rote. It almost gets, it's, it's like it just continues on. You're like, okay, it's communion time. That means it's almost over. It means we have two, two more worship songs and then we can get out of here. Stop. We do communion every week to bring us back to the center and reason of who we are and what we're about. Who do you want to share Christ with this week? Who's God going to put on your heart this week to tell your story about what God is doing in your life? Is that even a thought or a responsibility? Because he cared so much, and I know it's so far away, it's 2,000 plus years ago, but he cared so much that there was this great thing that happened on this earth. Jesus Christ came down to this earth in the form of man. And we have this text that says all of these amazing things that he did, that God did through, uh, uh, through him and around him and all of these people here. And we get a story that we get to tell. And people are used to a God that requires sacrifice. Do you serve a God that requires sacrifices over and over and over again? Or did your God give a sacrifice once and for all? Because he is the God who provides. He is the God that's enough. And all we do is get to steward what he provides for us. And he provided Jesus. And this is enough. This is enough. Pray with me. Lord, we come to you right now in communion. We come to you wanting to know who are we in this story, Lord? Who am I? Who, which, which one of these folks do I identify with, Father? And where do you want to move me to, Lord? Am I a five o'clocker? Am I just barely, barely showing up? Am I barely showing up in my faith? Am I barely showing up in my finances? Am I barely showing up in my time? Am I somebody that was standing around doing nothing? Do I not hear you? Do I not know what you would have, Lord, for me? Lord, what do you want everyone in here to know right now? And Lord, what do you want everyone to do? Lord, our works don't save us. You did. And that's why we would want to do our works. Because we want other people to know who you are. 
So, Father, we come to this table today. We pray for those that are hurting. Right now, Father God, there are people that are broken. May your hand be upon them, whether in this room or anywhere in the world, Lord. You hear the cry of the oppressed. Hear our cry. Help us to become great owners of what you're doing. Let us own our part in the kingdom of God, Father. Thank you for your son. Thank you for giving us a way out. Thank you for being more than fair. Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he had given thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body, it's for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember who our God is. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. For when you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. You are proclaiming that you are part of the kingdom of God and that you are going to understand what it looks like to steward what God does so we can have more people that are engaged in the kingdom of God. Let's proclaim that. Again, Father, thank you for this time. I thank you for this word. I thank you for this parable, this lesson. I know I wrestled with it this week, Father. I ask you move in your people in here. If this doesn't fall on deaf ears, that all the busyness that we have going on in our life, that we stop and remember that you are a God who provides, you are enough, and that we get to be owners of what you give us, and we are to steward it well for you. That you do take account into what, how we're taking care of things, and the things that you care most about are your people, your children. So let us be great caretakers. Let us be great stewards of this kingdom that you allow us to be in. And I say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.